All right, you will say good evening, good evening, an incredible Hashem to be able to do the daf together in Eretz Yisrael. So our, our plan in Eretz Hashem for this, uh, for this trip is we're going to try to stay one day ahead. So tonight we're actually going to Eretz Hashem do Tuesday's daf, and then Eretz Hashem, then come tomorrow, we'll keep one day ahead. So that way Eretz Hashem, whereas the rest of the world will finish Maseches Kiddushin on Friday, Erev Shabbos, we will be Zohar Eretz Hashem to finish it here on Thursday in Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Hashem and Halavai, all of our learning should just be a schus for our precious soldiers of the IDF, who should give them the O's and the Gvur to be successful in all of their missions, to come back to their families, B'Shalom, and of course, again, continue strength to our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael as well. Halavai, schus of our learning should provide a Geul and Shalom for all of Klav Yisrael. Amen. With that, let us, let us begin. So today, today, we're going to do pay. Right? No, we're going to do ayin tests. We're going to do ayin tests. Perfect. Good. So let's start. So 79, ayin tests. Let's start at the Mishnah on the beginning of ayin ches amud beis, 78b. So the Mishnah says as follows. So a person goes ahead, we'll call him Ruvain. So Ruvain goes ahead and gives Rishos, provides, provides permission to a shaliach, to an agent, to go ahead and effect kiddushin on behalf of Ruvain's daughter. So what happens? Vahalachu v'kidsha. So as Reuven went ahead and appointed a shaliach, what else does he do? He also goes ahead and decides to find a shidduch for his daughter himself. So now again, two people concurrently trying to affect kiddushin for the same person. Reuven for his daughter and Reuven's shaliach for his daughter. So what's the halacha? So obviously, the, the, where, where does the problem come up? The problem comes up if both of them are successful. So now again, Reuven was Makadesh, a man for his daughter, and the shaliach was Makadesh, a man for Reuven's daughter. So the shaila is obviously a woman can't be married to two men. So the shaila, of course, is so whose kiddushin is effective? So the Gemara says it's very simple. It's a matter of chronology. So again, the Mishnah says it's a simple matter of chronology. Who got there first? Who affected the first act of Kiddushin? So if the father, if the father found the Shidduch first, then ultimately again his Kiddushin works. If the Shaliach found the Shidduch, then ultimately again his Kiddushin works. Okay, so what happens if we don't know? So here's what we know. We know father found the Shidduch for the daughter, Shaliach found the Shidduch for the daughter. What we don't know is who did it first. So then what's the halacha? Says the Gemara of Mishnah, Tapa Bayin Tesmanov 79a, Shnehem Nosnin Get. So the halacha is, again, remember you have essentially have a Safi Kiddushin. So we have again a potential Kiddushin from two different men. Obviously, she can't be married to two men, so the only way to resolve this suffix is to have both of them give her a get. However, Now, technically speaking, there is another possibility. The other possibility is one of them could give her a get, and the other one could marry her. Now, just understand what that looks like. So one of them gives her a get. That's fine. Now, remember, the other one still has to do another act of Kiddushin, right? Remember, again, he can't rely on that earlier act of Kiddushin because maybe that earlier act of Kiddushin wasn't valid. The point that Mishnah is just making is either she could receive a get from both of them, in which case, again, she's free and clear. Again, she is going to have the status of a grusha, but she's free and clear. Or halacha she could receive a get from one and marry with a new act of Kiddushin, the second guy. So the Mishnah goes right to isha so we'll say, so same case now, just different characters. Let's say you have a woman. We're obviously talking about a situation of a Bulgaris, of a Gidola, right? An adult woman decides she wants to get married. So what does she do? She appoints a Shaliach to find a proper Shidduch for her. Now, while the Shaliach is out trying to find Mr. Right, what happens? She finds her own Mr. Right. So same Shaila comes up. So whose Kiddushin is effective? So the Mishnah says, Im Shalah Kadmu, Zekidusha Kiddushin. 
And so once again, it's a matter of chronology. Who affected the Kiddushin first? If she affected it first, then Allah Chalamais, her Kiddushin is valid. Shaliach affected it first. His Kiddushin is valid. I, Vim, Einon, Yodin. What happens if you don't know? What happens if you don't? I don't know who affected the first act of Kiddushin. Then what's the Allah? Shnehem Nosnin La Get. Then I will say in that case, Allah Chalamais, both will give a get. Same, same resolution as beforehand, but once again, so pretty much it's the same, it's the same halacha, just different characters involved. But either way, the resolution is always the same. When it's unknown, who affected the first act of Kiddushin? So therefore, possibility one is both of them give her a get. Possibility two is one gives her a get, the other affects a new act of Kiddushin, and ultimately, again, she could remain married to the second guy. So the obvious cash that the Gemara is going to ask is why they need to illustrate the same principle twice. In other words, the cases are the same. The fact that case number one is the father appointing a shaliach, so the father goes out and finds a, finds a husband for his daughter, the shaliach goes out. The second case is the woman appoints the shaliach, she goes out, it's the same principle. It's the same principle. Same principle, right? Why the need to state the same case twice? This is very simple. Because had we just listed the first case of the Mishnah, which is a case that is focused on the father, so the Gemara says, the Gavra A father, a man, is more medactic. He's a bit more medactic. He's a bit more meticulous. He's, he knows the ins and outs of Yuchsin. Now, what does that mean? Take a quick look at Rashi. I know we have limited time tonight, but uh, just a quick look at Rashi. Rashi says it's the first Rashi on the Daf, on Ein Chesmedalif. He says, So therefore, because a father generally is holding in the world of Yichus, in the world of genealogical fitness, therefore, what happens? When he goes out and he finds a proper husband for his daughter, right? Kidshalo, ubitel esa shaliach. So a father knows what kind of guy he's looking for for his daughter. So now the father, he appointed a shaliach. But when the father finds the right guy, what is he going to do? He's going to seal the deal with that guy. But what about the shaliach? What, about the, what does he do? He's mevatel shlichos. He's mevatel shlichos. He simply negates the shlichos. Remembering that we had this sugya earlier on in the Masechta about the mechanics of how you are mevatel shlichos. But again, without, without delving back into that, we're assuming right now the father could just on his own be mevatel the shlichos, and that's it. Finish up the Rashi. About but perhaps a woman who's not as versed in the issues of genealogical fitness. So I will say, could be that even though she, this is case number two in the Mishnah, even though she accepted Kiddushin from someone, this is fascinating, maybe she accepted Kiddushin from someone, but... She wasn't mevatel the shliach. She didn't negate the agency. What's the pshat? What's the pshat? Why wouldn't she negate the agency if she accepted kiddushin from someone? Very simple. Let me see what the shliach comes back with. You know, there's a lot of fish in the sea. So I, I think I found a nice guy, but let me see maybe what the shliach comes back with. You know, it's like a, it's like a reality TV show, right? Well, I'll see what the shliach comes back with, right? Then I'll make, I'll make my decision afterwards, and we'll see. He says, the sabra tilma shliach mashkech miyuchas mizeh. So we'll say, so, that, so therefore, that's the novelty in the first case. The novelty in the first case is you might have thought that whenever the father is going out himself and he, was, and he found the guy, it must have been that he was mevatel the shliach. 
Must be the Mizrach Shleif. Therefore, again, there's no suffix. Only the father's condition is going to stand. But in the case of the girl, in the case, the second case of the Mishnah, where a woman may not be as versed in genealogical matters, so therefore, again, maybe even if she finds someone, she still doesn't negate the Shlichos. Therefore, I need the, that, that's why I need the case. And had you just written the second case of the Mishnah, this is almost like the, the opposite. That when a woman gets married, it's interesting, Daiko Uminsaba. Now, I'll say Daiko Uminsaba means that a woman is going to pay attention to the nature of the man that she's marrying. Now, this is Lav Dafka about Yichos. Lav Dafka about Yichos. This seems to be much more just about the quality of the individual. The Gemara says, however, and therefore again, and therefore again, if she finds the right person, she would automatically be Mabatal Shaliach. About Ihu, but a father, maybe all a father is really concerned with is what? Is what? Getting his daughter married. All right, uh, I don't love my son-in-law. Uh, whatever, get in line, right? So you, you know, it's 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 not it's not the end of the world. So I say it's fascinating, just like a totally reverse idea. Look at Rashi. Lo bebito imtinasi Okay, so I say so. Those are the two stadim. So because each case if looked at on its own, might yield a little bit of a slanted conclusion. Therefore, the Mishnah feels the need to include both cases. But to be clear, both cases are operating on the same principle. So whenever you have two people looking for a husband for the same woman, for the same woman, again, so ideally whoever gets to the finish line first, that's the Kiddushan that's effective. If you're not sure who got there first, then two mechanisms, two mechanisms of res or two avenues of resolution. Either A, both husbands give her a get, or B, one gives her a get and the other one can marry her. But again, if the other one marries her, what is he marrying her based on? A new act of Kiddushin, a second act of Kiddushin. Beautiful. Let's go back to Itmar. Another interesting case. Let's say the father received Kiddushin for his daughter, for his daughter, right? On the road, so to speak. And the girl herself received, she accepted Kiddushin for herself. So once again, we have two acts of Kiddushin happening over here. One that the father did for his daughter, one that the daughter did for herself. Now, I will say, now to throw a wrinkle in this, Vaharihi Bogares. Now, I will say, she's a Bogares. Now, remember, you know, what's a Bogares? So it's actually interesting. Bogares, up until now, we've always been focusing on what's the definition of Bogares? Bogares? 12 years old and six months, right? So again, before 12 is a Kitana. 12 to 12 and 6 months is a Nara, 12 years old and 6 months and on is a Bulgaris. What we have not touched on is a fascinating concept. Rashi actually references it in Gimar Mesechas Nida that there are certain signs of physical maturation that ultimately could kind of launch a girl into Bulgaris status even if she's younger than 12 years old and 6 months. So that's going to be important because that's what we're going to be focusing on over here. So we'll say, so now, what happened? So father, father went and accepted Kiddushin for his daughter. Okay. Daughter accepted Kiddushin on her own, and she's a Bulgaris. So what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? So the Shaila is, the Shaila is, at the time that the father accepted the Kiddushin, was she a Bulgaris or not? That's the Shaila. If she was a Bulgaris, remember, once she becomes a Bulgaris, I'm saying there's no schuyas in it, right? Then he certainly does not have the right to go ahead and, and marry her off. So if she was, if she was a Bulgaris, again, his kiddushin is void, her kiddushin is effective. However, if she wasn't a Bulgaris, 
then that means that Halacha Lamaisa, he had a right to marry her off, in which case his Kiddushin is valid, her Kiddushin is void. So what do we do over here? So says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. So Rav Amar Harehi Bogaris Lefanenu. So Rav says, Rav says, Halacha Lamaisa, she's a Bogaris. Now literally translated, she's a Bogaris in front of us. What does that mean? Says Rashi. The Kiddusha Kiddushin, Veloshalavia. In other words, I will say, what Rav says is, if she presents as a Bogaris now at the time the Shiloh comes up, we back up that status until we know otherwise. So therefore, again, there's no reason to assume, and remember, all this is happening on the same day. So there's no reason to assume that Halacha Lamaisa, she wasn't, if she's a Bulgarist now, there's no reason to assume that she wasn't a Bulgarist when the father accepted Kiddusha on her behalf as well. Sarah so, is another way of saying she's a Bulgarist, therefore her Kiddusha is valid, his Kiddusha is invalid. Shmuel says, no, 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 Chashinon Likidusha Shnehem. Shmuel says, we have to be Choshesh, for both of their kiddushin. Now remember again, what does it mean to be choshesh for both their kiddushin? Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Shema av na'ara haisa v'kidmu kiddushav. So what's I say? So again, the issue is, so, so Shmuel Sanjay says, we're not sure. It's a suffix. It's a suffix. Suffix as to who she is married to, right? Ultimately, again, the, 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 the father's, no, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna clarify that. No, she is, here's what we know. She is a Bulgarist now, when we're trying to decide whose kiddushin is, is effective. What we don't know, we're gonna to touch on this just, in just a moment, like when did she become a Bulgaris? So essentially, the suffix kiddushin is tied into, was she, it's also a suffix Bulgaris. Was she a Bulgaris at the time that her father accepted kiddushin on her behalf or not? That's the fundamental shaila. So Rav says, if she presents as a Bulgaris now, that's her assumed status, interestingly enough, even going backwards. Not, not indefinitely backwards, but backwards enough to the time that the father accepted the Kiddush on her back. Shmuel says, suffix. Suffix, suffix. So let's analyze. So Amos. So, so Gemara says, when, when is this happening? Right? In other words, when it, chronologically, chronologically, when is this happening? So if we're talking about a situation where that this suffix is coming up, within six months. So in other words, it's happening between the age of 12 years old and 12 years old and six months. Now remember, we've always assumed between 12 and 12 and, and six months, between 12 and 12 and a half is, we've always assumed that what? Nara. Nara both say, so if we're saying that this is happening within six months, I don't understand. Now both say, now take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Now, remember, we've up until now, up until Kiddushin Ayin Tesamad Aleph, we've always operated under the idea that these are kind of hard and fast rules. Younger than 12, Kitana, 12 to 12 and 6 months is a Nara, 12 and 6 months and above is a Bulgaris. Now, the was introducing us to it's not necessarily the case. Like I mentioned before, look at Rashi, you could have, you could have a girl who is advancing in physical development, which accelerates the timeline of Bagrus. So the Gemara says, So we'll say, so again, we're not going to get into this sugya, but Lamaisa, the Gemara says, the Gemara Masechasini, the Rashi quotes over here, there are certain signs of physical maturation. She develops physically, that could accelerate the timeline. So the Gemara says like this, when is this happening? When is this happening? So if this is a case that is coming up within the, within the six-month window between 12 and 12 and a half, that's where this is coming up. So let's just play this out, right? So now, 
Father accepted Kiddushan on the girl's behalf. The girl accepted Kiddushan on her behalf. Now we don't know who is she Mikudeshes to. The Shaila presents. The girl has signs of physical maturation, which means that now when we look at her, her status is a Bulgaris. So it can't be that Rav is saying that we back up that status, because remember, again, that's happening within the six months itself. It doesn't make sense to back up the status of Bagros when you're in the six-month window. The most you could do is from the time that she presents and going forward that she's a Bulgaris. But to apply that status retroactively and to say that her father's Kiddushin was void, her Kiddushin is good, that doesn't seem to make sense. So let's read inside. It can't be. If it's within the six months, it's impossible to think that Rav would say back up the status of Bagros. Rather, again, what you have to say is when is she a Bulgaris? She's a Bulgaris as of the time that we see that she's a Bulgaris. Elo la'achar shisha. Rather, it must be what are we talking about over here? We're talking about where the Shaila presents itself after six months. After six months. So now she's post, she's, she's 12 years old in six months. So she is now in the official parasha Bagros. Here's the problem. Why would Shmuel say that it's a suffix? If she's a Bulgaris, we'll say, what's that locha? If she's a Bulgaris, her kiddushin is valid, her father's is not. So what's the case? We'll say, fascinating. Fascinating. This whole case is happening when? On the last day of the sixth month. The la- so we'll call it the, na- the last day of calendrical naros. So... The last day of calendrical naros. Okay, so we'll say, so now, watch this. So Rav Amar, how do you Bulgaris Stefanenu? Now we'll say, now, so just to, just to clarify the case, we're understanding over here. The case itself is happening on the last day of calendrical naros, and remember, both acts of Kiddushin are happening on that very day. Happening on that very day. So now this makes a bit more sense. So Rav Amar, how do you Bulgaris Stefanenu? Midahashta Bulgaris, Bitsafr Nami Bulgaris. Rav will say, look, if she's a Bulgaris now in the afternoon, right, the Bepashta's what? She was a Bulgaris in the morning also. In other words, whatever her status is, that status should devolve upon the entire day. And therefore, halacha lemaisa, Rav will say, her kiddushin is valid, her father's kiddushin is not. Ushmuel, Amashmuel says, no. Hashtahu simanim. Not true. Because this is the last day of calendrical naros, why can't she say that she became Bulgaris when? Right now. Right now, when she physically presents with signs of physical maturation, that's when she becomes a Bulgaris. But Lamaisa, maybe this morning, she was still a Nara. If she was still a Nara, then what? Her father has rights. She doesn't have rights. Therefore, Shmuel says it's a Suffolk. Just to highlight what is at the fundamental root of this Machlokas, right? It's, it's actually a very exciting Machlokas. Was, I think if we all didn't just get off an airplane, we'd even find it more exciting, right? But let me say, like, what's so exciting about this Machlokas? So we'll say, what it has to do is, when you see a reality present itself, so the Shaila is, can you, can you retroactively back up that reality? Or does that reality only change things from now, mehashto, going forward? That's the machlokas. Rav says, essentially, if we see a reality now, there's no reason not to extend that back. Now, you can't extend it back indefinitely. What Rav is going to say is, I could extend it back when? To that day. To that day. Shmuel says, no, when you see a change in status, that tells you from this point going forward, everything's changed, but you don't necessarily have the right to extend it back. Now, I will say, to be clear, Shmuel is not ruling on this definitively. Shmuel still says that's a suffix. It's a suffix, right? That, that, that's how Lachamah says treating it. So the is like this. According to Shmuel, why is this different than the case of the Mikra? I will say we've seen this case many times. This nun, 
So if you measure a mikvah and it turns out that it's not 40 saw, it's only 39 saw. So I want say, if you find that a mikvah is deficient, essentially that mikvah is invalid retroactively until when? Until the when? Until the last point you knew for sure that it was kosher. So anything you immersed, items, people, again, that has to do with suffix tumor, which we're going to see in a little bit, is, is all tamea, is all tamea. So we'll say, so what do you see from here? What do you see from here? You see from here that Allah when you go ahead and you find a new status, we do apply it retroactively, right? In other words, that, that's what we're doing. In other words, I, I, I go to measure the mikvah. The mikvah is 39 sa'a. So I can say, listen, when did the mikvah become deficient? Just now. Just now, but everything before is good, but that's how the halacha is, right? The, the Mishnah is saying that when you find a deficient mikvah, that retroactive deficient status, or it says that deficient status is applied retroactively. So you see that you take present status and apply it retroactively. So Shmuel, why don't you do that by the case of the Bulgaras? So the girl presents as a Bulgaras on the last calendrical day of Naros, say that that new status extends retroactively for the entire day, in which case her kiddushin should be good, her father should not. Why is it different? Shiny hasam, the ikalameimar, kasa. No, no, no. Mikvah's different. Mikvah's different. Why is mikvah different? I will say because the only reason someone or something is going to the mikvah is why? Is why? Because it's tameh. It has a cheskas tumah. So here's what I've got. I've got an item that had a, an item or a person that has a cheskas tumah. And now again, I have a mikvah that is a suffix. That is a suffix. So I have a chazaka against the suffix. Of course, the chazaka ultimately is going to win out. And that's why anyone or anything that used that mikvah beforehand, by definition, is going to be relegated to his previous toma status. So the Gemara says, Adraba, Hamid mikvah cheskaso, chaser. Oh, one second, there's another chazaka. The chazaka was that the mikvah was kasher, right? We, so one thing we know is, you know, at some point in time, the mikvah is kasher. So I'm saying the mikvah has a cheskas kashus, and let that stand. To which the Gemara says, Hare chaser lefanecha. Here's the problem. The mikvah is deficient right now. It's hard to claim, it's hard to look at the mikvah as having a cheskas kashus, even though we know once upon a time that is true. When when you look at it right now, it's clearly deficient. Again, Shmuel, say the same thing. The Bulgaris is standing right in front of you. Right now, she is a Bulgaris. To which the Gemara says, Hashtahu de Bagra. I could say she became Bulgaris right now. Right now. Gemara says, Good. I could also say, Hasanami, Hashtahu de Chaser. Again, I can say the mikvah. When the mikvah become when the mikvah become deficient? Right now. We'll say first wide line. Hasam tartilri usa hacha chadalri usa. Shabbos says it's interesting. By the mikvah, by the mikvah, you have two things going against it, right? What are the two things going against it? Number one, anyone or anything that used the mikvah had what a cheskas tuma, and number two, now ultimately the mikvah itself is deficient. So really, I have, I have two things. So when you put those two things together, everyone and everything you use at a cheskas tuma, and the mikvah is currently deficient, you put, you put those together and it makes sense to extend the tame status of the item retroactively. Here by the Bulgaras, here by the Bulgaras, I only have, so to speak, one issue, right? Which is ultimately, again, when did the girl become a Bulgaras or not? Rashi says, Fine. Ushmuel, So once again, Gmar asks, Ushmuel, why is there in the case of the Chavis? What's the case of the Chavis? Another fascinating case. And what time do we, what time do we stop? 
Is he saying 15? Okay, good. All right, we'll get as far as we can. Sigmar says, Shmuel, my shnomi chavis. Why does Shmuel ultimately again? Why does Shmuel go ahead? What about the case of the chavis? What's the case of the chavis? The Sanya. Second wide line, ayin tesa medalif. Hayyabo de kesa chavis lahavishla truma. So we'll say, here's the case. If you can imagine it for a moment, I have a, I have a barrel of wine. Barrel of wine. So instead of going ahead and separating out truma from the wine that I'm consuming, I have a truma barrel. I set it aside. Now, I didn't designate it as truma. What I do is I have it on the side, and every once in a while when I have to separate a truma from wine, I designate some portion of that barrel as truma. As truma, okay. So I bought the case of the Lafish Truma, but the Sigmar says, Beholik. Fa'achakach nimtseis chometz. Oh, what happens? So everything is going fine, right? Life is great. One day I decided to inventory my, uh, my barrels, and I check my truma barrel, and what happens? The wine has turned. It's turned, it's vinegar. So I said, obviously, if it's vinegar, it's no longer suitable to be used, ultimately, again, as truma for the wine that I'm consuming. So I said, now what's the shayla? So now what, what's, what's my shayla? When did it turn? When did it turn? So the Gemara says, kol gimel yamim, so the Gemara says, uh, says chometz. So kol gimel yamim, vadai, vadai, mikan ve'elach safek. So the Gemara says something very interesting about say. So all three days, right? All three days, Rashi says, Kol Gimel Yomim Vadai, Garcin Velo Garcin Harishonim. So I'll say, it's actually a, a side machlokas about this of when we say all three days. Does all three days mean the first three days that the barrel was, that was set aside and afterwards it turned? Or no, maybe it means just simply Rashi says, is the previous three days. So if I discover this, if I discover it on a, on a Wednesday, so again, to Wednesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, anything that was separated is going to be fine. We don't assume that it turned in the last three days. Anything before that is ultimately going to be a suffix. So I will say, so once again, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? You see that you do take present status and back it up retroactively, at least to some degree. Now I forget about Bogeres. Now I have a bigger shayla. How to reconcile the cases of the barrel of wine with what? With the mikvah. Remember again, we'll say, let's go back. What was the mikvah case? I go to the measure of the mikvah. The mikvah is only 39 sa. What's talacha? What's talacha? Anything and everything, or anyone and everything, or anything and anyone who has used that mikvah, tame. Tame. So again, what you see is halacha la We take that tome status, we apply it totally retroactively. Contrast that ultimately again with the case of the barrel. What's talacha? By the barrel, we assume anything you did in the last three days was okay. Was okay, right? It didn't, it didn't turn. It didn't turn. No, I'm sorry. The first three days. I'm sorry. Anything you didn't, anything you separated the first three days is going to be good, right? Afterwards, ultimately, again, we assume that it turned. The point over here is you see that we don't automatically take the puzzle status and just apply it retroactively all the way back to the source. So my Shlingamara says, So Raminan, Chavis Mikva. Why is it by mikvah that we say vaday everything is tame, and yet ultimately again by the barrel it's suffix? Who is the opinion of the barrel case? Rabbi Shimon he. Rabbi Shimon, and what does Rabbi Shimon say? There's another opinion. There's another opinion. Ultimately, I'll say, but it's always, it's always the greatest Musar Haskell, you know, sometimes, sometimes the Gemara will go ahead and present facts that, that contradict each other. And so we assume that the first order of business is resolution. So what the Gemara teaches us is you often don't have to go ahead and somehow align conflicting facts. Sometimes it's okay to exist in a world where there are different opinions. There are different opinions. Ah, but they can't reconcile. That's okay. There could be opposing opinions that don't reconcile. And again, as long as everyone is aware of the other opinion, Lamaisa, 
everything could create beautiful spiritual harmony. It's such a Musar Haskell. Disanya, Kaltaros Shinaswa Gabavla Mafreya, Bain Birshasayaka, Bain Birshasam. So we'll say it's back to the mikvah case, right? So anything you did, anything you immersed in that mikvah, people, items, mikvah was in a private domain, public domain, right? Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Tameos. That was the opinion we saw before. Now watch this. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Birshas Harabim Tahoros, Birshas Hayochid Tolin. Now we'll say Rabbi Shimon disagrees. Rabbi Shimon says, no, it depends. If it's a suffix tumma in Roshos Harabim, then we know, that, again, this is based on Sota, we know that suffix tumma Birshus Harabim is tar. Is tar. Suffix tumma Birshus Hayochid, based on Sota, is going to be Tomei. So the Gemara says, say Rabbi Shimon says, Birshus Haram Tahoros, Birshus Hayochid Tolin. So the point over here is there is another shita by mikvah, and this other shita by mikvah of ultimately, again, if it's a shusarabim, ultimately, again, you're going to say tar. If it's a shusayachid, tolin, it's suspended. That better aligns with the opinion by the chavis, by truma. But according to the rabbanon, ultimately, again, by the, by the, by the barrel case, Tevel amafres. I mean, it's going to be retroactively tevel. Tevel. Shiny hosam di ikal amemar hemet tevel al cheskaso. No, the barrel case is different. Why, right, Abosai? Because there's a chazaka. What was the chazaka? That the wine that you were consuming was what? Was totally untithed. The Gemara says, ve'emer lo niskan. And ultimately, again, therefore say it was not remedied. Adraba. Hemet yain al cheskaso. Ve'emer lo hechmitz. There's another chazaka. What's the opposing chazaka? Let's say that halacha lemaisa. Say that the wine didn't turn. So we know we know that the wine once upon a time was wine. So just keep it like that. Keep that chazaka. Hari You can't say that because it just turned to you see now it's vinegar. So hachinami. Hari So we'll say now we're bringing back bogeras. This is like mamma, like everybody's getting involved in this. What about bogeras? Right now she's a bogeras right in front of you. No, I can say right now she became bogeras. Again, hachinami hashadu achmitz. I can say the, the wine also just became vinegar right now. Tishma says, okay, let's take a breath. Hasam. So the Gemara So we'll say. So once again, we go back. Again, the difference is. Remember, by the Bulgaris case, really, all you're going to have is what? All you're going to have ultimately again is one suffix, one one issue. Was she a Bulgaris? Or I should say, was she a Bulgaris in the morning? Was she not a Bulgaris? In all the other cases, both mikvah as well as chavis, you have two things working against you, right? A cheskas tuma or cheskas tevel, and now ultimately again, a deficient mikvah and a barrel of wine that has turned to vinegar. Let's say this whole thing is a machlogas tanai. We'll spend two more minutes, then we'll stop. Feels like my dreams for an Eretz Yisrael. See them are quickly evaporating. But right, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll make up time. So the Gemara says, mi motzi mi yad mi. So we'll say this is a totally unrelated case but actually quite fascinating. A very quick look at Rashi. Tap Rashi and Ayin Tesem of the day, 79b. Rashi says, Mi motzi miyad mi, hakosev nechasav la'acherim belo shir klum. So I'll say, watch this. Imagine for a moment you have Ruvain. Ruvain goes ahead and gifts away his entire estate. And he withheld nothing for himself. And I will say now, halacha lemaisa, if Ruvain was a shchiv mira, right, deathly ill, and he did that, and then he recovered, so what's the halacha? What's the halacha? The matanaso chozeres, right? The, the, the matana reverts back because it's clear that he thought he was going to die. That's why he gave away everything. And I will say, contrast that with the following halacha. What happens if Ruben was a totally healthy guy and he just decides to give away all of his property, all of his property, right, to someone else? Then what's the halacha? <laughs> it's a valid gift, right? It's done. It's done. Now I will say, now watch this. Now watch this. So the Gemara says, "Mimot simiyad mi." And I will say now, in this case over here, in this case over here, you have the following situation: that Allah Chalamaisa, 
So Reuben gifted away all of his property to Shimon, right? So now what happens? He comes back to reclaim it. He claims that was a Shechiv Meirah. Shechiv what happens? Shimon claims, you were, I just, you were fine. You're absolutely fine. You're always faker, right? You're fine, right? You, you, you always say, right? You're always about to die. You're fine. You're fine. Now, listen, obviously, this is a big thing because according to Ruvain, he says, um, the gift comes back to me. I thought I was going to die. I made a matna shchimira. Shimon says, you were totally healthy. The gift stands. So, mi motzi mi ad mi. So, we'll say, who wins in that case? So, the says, who motzi mi adam below rayo? Vehein in motzi mi ado ela birayo. Sorry, below rayo. So, ultimately, and Ruvain, Ruvain, the grantor, Right? He has the ability to extract it without any kind of rayo, but they don't have the ability to extract it from him without any kind of proof. This is Rabbi Yaakov. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Now we'll say, this is presupposing that Ruvain is the muhsak. So if Ruvain has the property, he re-seized the, pro- re-seized the property, or just never ended up actually giving it away, so if he's in possession, he does not have to prove his point, right? And ultimately, the Allah sides with him. That's Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Nassim Omer, in Barihu, it depends what is his current state. What is his current state? In Barihu, if he's healthy, Allah lahavi raya. Then he has to bring a raya. He has to bring a raya. Shaya shchiv right? Ve'im shchiv hu alehem lahavi raya shebarihaya. So we'll say it's interesting. So if he's healthy, he has to bring the raya that he was a shchiv And ultimately, again, when he made the gift, and if he's a shchiv they have to bring, they being the recipient, has to bring a raya that he was bari. Name a rav. So we'll say it seems to be a nice alignment. Say that Rav holds like Rabbi Nason and Shmuel holds like Rabbi Yaakov. Rav will say, no, no, no. That's not true. I could even hold like Rabbi Yaakov. How so? Why does Rabbi Yaakov say that Because again, we'll say possession is nine tenths of the law, right? He, he has the chaz, he's the muhsak. He's the muhsak, right? But over here, who's to say that we say establish the girl's physicality based on a previous chazago? Shmuel says, Shmuel says, I say even like Rabbi Nason. How so? Rabbi says, incredible. Why does Rabbi Nason say what he says? Because the boss said, this is chazaka. What's the chazaka? Chazaka is people are healthy. Fascinating. Chazaka is people are healthy. If somebody wants to change that chazaka, the burden of proof is upon the one who wants to change the cheskas brios. Fascinating, right? The chazaka is that a person is healthy. If you want to change that, that's on you. Over here, ultimately, again, are we extracting it from the previously established chazaka? As much as we thought that maybe the positions of Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Nasan would ultimately again align with Rabbi Shmuel, they do not. So just to reorient ourselves a little bit. So if you remember again, we yesterday we were focusing on the orchestra in today's Daphne Ayin test, we're focusing on the fundamental machlokis Rav and Shmuel with the following situation. A father, we'll call him Ruvain, is Makabal Kiddushin for his daughter in the morning, and the daughter herself is Makabal's Kiddushin a little bit later on that day. The way the, so the Shaila, of course, is whose Kiddushin is valid and whose Kiddushin is invalid. So if you remember again, so the way the Gemara set up the case was we're talking about a situation where it's the last day of the 12 years, it's the last day of the six months, so to speak. Now she's 12 years old in six months, so it's the calendrical end of Bagros. 
she's claiming already she was a Bulgaris as of the morning when she accepted Kiddushin. He's claiming, or he's saying, he's not claiming anything, but it's claiming that he had the right. All, I'm sorry. She claims that she was a Bulgaris in the morning when he accepted Kiddushin, the father, and therefore his Kiddushin is invalid. And so her Kiddushin that she accepted was totally valid. So that's the fundamental, that's the fundamental machlokes. So Rav ultimately tells us that Hare Bulgaris Lefanenu, if she's a Bulgaris now, there's no reason we can't back up that status too a little bit earlier in the day. And Shmuel says, it's a, it's a suffix. It's a suffix. So now the Gemara says as follows. So if you remember, again, we were bringing a whole bunch of different opinions to contradict Shmuel. We brought the case of the Mikvah. We brought the case of the Chavis. So now the Gemara says as follows. So say that this Machlokas between Rav and Shmuel is the following Machlokas Tanoim. If a girl goes ahead and her father accepts Kiddushin for her baderach on the way, on the road, and she, accept, she herself accepts Kiddushin on her behalf in the city. Now, the truth is, the locations of the actual Kiddushin are not relevant. What the Gemara is trying to highlight over here is, they don't know what the other is doing, right? This is not a case of where, you know, this is, the, the Gemara is not giving us like a window into a difficult father-daughter relationship over here. It's just that neither has any idea what the other is doing. So the father is being Mechabal Kiddushin over here, the daughter is being Mechabal Kiddushin over there, and therefore, again, they don't know what the other is doing. So what's the Hari Bogares. Bari Bogaris, and she's Bogaris. So Tanechada, Harihi Bogaris Lefaninu. So one opinion says, one Tana says, if she's a Bogaris now, the Pashtus, we could extend retroactively that status of Bagrus earlier as well. The Tanya Idok, the other writer says, the other opinion says, Chayshin on the Kiddush So both say, so it seems to be that the Machlokes over here, the Machlokes Tanoim, is the same exact Machlokes of Rav, of, of Rav and Shmuel. Rav and Shmuel. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, my love, chad k'rav v'chad k'shmuel. So one opinion is like rab, one opinion is like shmuel. The Gemara says, no, lo, idi v'idi k'shmuel. Both are like shmuel. Kan b'machashto, kan b'she'i machashto. So what's this fascinating? The Gemara wants me to find distinction. Maybe both of these opinions are like shmuel. Both of these opinions are like shmuel. That halach halamaysa, it's suffix. I so why the distinction? So the Gemara says one is talking about a case where the girl contradicts the father. One is where the girl doesn't contradict the father. Look at Rashi. Rashi's right across. B'machashto Rashi says so. V'hadik tani harihi bogeres lefaninu b'machashto la'aviha lomar kvar bagarti me'esmo. This is interesting. Now a little new wrinkle over here. So it could very well be that halacha la'maisa, even the opinion that says harihi bogeres lefaninu that if she's a Bulgaris now, we could retroactively extend her status of Bagros, that's a case where the girl is making a claim. What's her claim? I was a Bulgaris yesterday already. I was a Bulgaris yesterday. So that's, that's her claim. So that's different than what we've seen before. Up until now, again, she's, we've never seen her making a claim. Here she's making a claim. To which the Gemara says, So I'll say, why don't we say again, if therefore if you're telling me you have this Nomach Lokis Rav and Shmuel over here, so maybe there's Nomach Lokis Rav and Shmuel earlier as well. But this bro, Harav Yosef Reidra Menashe Midvil, Avad Uvda Kavase Derav Veikbid. Yet Rav said there was a situation, Rav Yosef Reidra Rav Menashe from Devil, he had a case like this come up. And how did he paskin? He paskined like Rav. Remember again, Rav is of the opinion, Hari Bogeres Lefanenu. So ultimately, the case came up, and the Psach Halacha was like Rav. And yet, and what, and what happened? So the Ikbit Shmuel, and Shmuel, was, and Shmuel was upset. Now the fact that Shmuel was upset that someone paskined like Rav, what does that tell us? What does that tell us? There's Machlokas. There's Machlokas. 
Va'amri kuli, see, and Shmuel said a little bit, a little bit facetiously, Va'amri kuli alma kaili le bekava zuta, va'hemid rabbanon kaili le bekava rabba. So literally translated, literally translated, it means that Shmuel said, you know, the entire world only operates with a small measure. But this man, this Rav Yosef Rav he operates with a larger measure. So that's like a shtach, you know, that's a little bit of a, of a Talmudic insult to say, you know, no one else knows, you know, according to everyone else, it's machlokis. But this guy, this guy, <laughs> apparently he's so confident that he can rule unilaterally like Rav. Now, the reason why the Gemara is bringing up this exchange is Halach said to tell us that it is a machlokis. Obviously, from Shmuel's, from Shmuel's response, you see that Halach said, this is a machlokis. And if, and if at the end of the day it was a machlokis, Rav and Shmuel, so why would Shmuel be makbid? Dilma ki avdi uvda v'machashto. So maybe when this came, maybe again when this came up, this was also talking about a situation where the girl contradicted her father. Amr le marzuch laravashi, hachi amr ameymar, hilchasa kavase de Shmuel. So we'll say here the Gemara ends up by saying that Allah follows Shmuel, but Ravashi amr hilchasa kavase de Rav. And Ravashi says that Allah follows Rav. The hilchasa kavase de Rav. And the Gemara seems to end off by saying that Allah follows Rav. So we'll say, so remember again, what does that mean? What that would seem to mean is in a case where father was Mechabba Kiddushin, daughter was Mechabba Kiddushin for themselves on the same day, and now she presents as a Bogaris, that seems to be the halacha is that according to Rabbi Yisrael, if she presents like a Bogaris now, that means she was a Bogaris in the morning as well, and therefore her Kiddushin is valid, his Kiddushin is that. Now I'll tell you the Rambam, the Rambam Paskins, so just to be so, so the Rambam Paskins over here, not the, sorry, the Shulchan Aruch, uh, sorry. Shukhlar Paskins in Evana Ezer, Sif Lamed Zayin, Sif Hey. Here's the Psak of the Shukhlar. Kitsha Vyababoker, Vikitsha Atzlam Be'erev. So literally, our, our, I still can't get over Sepharia. I don't know, maybe because I'm old, right? I, to me, like, it, it's incredible. I was, I was l- looking at this a little bit on the plane. And like it's always in our share back home, we always like to, because the film moves so quickly, you have to be able to hold on to something. Okay, so we skip a number of proper steps in going from the Gemara to the Shulchan Aruch. But like, it's incredible. It's just incredible that we live in a time where literally you can access anything, absolutely anything and everything. So listen to this, so Shulchan Aruch Paskins in... So same death case. Father accepted Kiddusha for the daughter in the morning. She accepted Kiddusha for herself in the afternoon or the evening. Now remember again, the Shulchanach is following the, the very narrow way in which the Gemara set up this case, which is, it's the last day of the six months of her naros, okay. And now she, they, she saw this, she's a bogeras. Machzikim osa becheskas bogeras, vikidushe ha'av eino klum. So she like Rav, like Rav, if she's a bogeras now, then we extend that, that status backwards, and therefore again, her kidushin is good, Fa's kidushin is nothing. Nothing, nothing. It's irrelevant. There is no. There, we look at the father's kiddushin as simply having not happened. Having not happened. Now the Shulchan Aruch says, "V'yesh mishomer da'afilo eno machishto lomar shabbos imanam baboker v'yesh mishomer davka machishaso." Aval be'enus. So this is interesting. So now then the Shulchan Aruch kind of brings in. He says, "Halacha lemaisa." So what about what about you know? Does does there need to be an element of contradiction? Not be an element of contradiction. So that so that is a machlokis in the Shulchan Aruch. 
So in other words, this last little piece over here as to whether or not there needs to be, does the daughter need to be contradicting her father or not? That's a machalogist. But I will say, but for our purposes, they want to, the way I want to close out the sugya, for our purposes, halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, we paskin like Rav, and therefore, again, in this case, her kiddushin is going to be valid, his kiddushin is not going to be valid, and to the point just made, wouldn't even require a get, ultimately, again, from the man whom her father was Makadesher to. Incredible. Good. That's substantial. We'll say with that, let us begin. New Mishnah. Yeah, because the truth is, in, in general, in general, the halacha is right, the only time the Gemara discusses the idea of her keeping Kasef Kiddushin for an invalid Kiddushin is in a case where we know for sure the Kiddushin wasn't valid, right? Like, you want to talk about that case where her brother, her brother gave her Kasef Kiddushin. But I think in a case like this, Halacha Lamaisa, she would have to return. She would definitely have to return the Kiddushin. She doesn't have it anyway. Yeah. Right, that's it. Right, hers. Right, hers is good. Right, 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 right. Good right. Jeremy. Thank you. Right, father had to return it. Good. All right. Good about say Mishnah. Mishnah. Great new Mishnah over here. Says the Mishnah. Mishi Yatsuhuvi Ishto. Lemedina Sayam. So here's the case. Here's the case. So a man and his wife, we'll call them Reuben and Rachel, went out to Medina Sayam. They went overseas. Uba Huvi Ishto Ubanov. So what's the case over here? Case over here is that halacha lemaisa they come back and they come back as a family. So they left us husband and wife. They came back as a family. So va'amar isha shiyatsa imi lemedina sayam hare he zu ve'elu banel. So Reuven claims. Reuven claims the woman whom I left overseas with. This is her, and these are her kids, and these are her kids. So I will say. So remember, this is still in the this is still in the study of genealogy over here. So remember again, what he's trying to show is that these kids are k'sherim. They're from this particular woman. Fine. So what's halacha? So there's no need for him to bring any kind of raya on this woman or ultimately, again, for the children. Now, the woman, the woman doesn't have to bring a raya on. Why? Because remember, this is the wife he left with to Medina Sayam. But for the kids, he doesn't have to bring a raya either. Okay. So the Gemara is going to qualify why you don't need a raya for that. Mesa ve'elu what happens if Reuben went overseas with Rachel? He comes back and he claims, listen, she died overseas, but these are her kids. Right? These are her kids. So what's the halacha? Maybe raya ala banu veinu, maybe raya ala isha. See, he brings a raya, ultimately... She had the kids already? I'm sorry? The kids were overseas. These are all, these are all overseas. Because remember, that's the cop. They're coming back. They're coming back. And no one knows who these kids are. He's tining, he's claiming that at the end of the day, these are the kids, these are the kids from my wife. So she's now deceased. We're going to see, let me tell you this piece now. In the case, in the first case of Mishnah, where he comes back, where he comes back, right? So Reuben is married to Rachel. They, before they go overseas, they go overseas. They come back and there are kids. There are kids. So in that case, he says, this is my wife. Okay, you all know my wife. She's Rachel. We got married over here before we left. These are the kids. So the Gemara qualifies, the Gemara is going to say, it's Kruchim Lefanah. We're talking about cases of little kids. And the little kids are following her. So the assumption is, who do little children follow? Their mother. Their mother. So it's just like, it's, it's circumstantial evidence, but it's circumstantial evidence that works more than, more than good enough in this case. In case number two, again, Reuben was married to Rachel before they went overseas. They go overseas. She dies overseas, but they had children before she passed away. He comes back now with the kids. So now he's making a double claim. Number one, my wife passed away. Number two, these kids who I'm bringing back, these, these, these are our kids. These are our kids. So the Gemara says, What's the halacha? 
What's the halacha? Good varzu ve'lubana ain't zarch lavi raya lo alishu ala alabanim. Meisa ve'lubana maybe raya ala alabanim. So in that case, he has to bring a proof that genealogically these kids are fit, right? Because again, remember, we have no way of knowing if his claim is correct or not. They don't maybe raya ala isha, but he doesn't have to bring a raya that his wife passed away. Okay, but nor does he have to bring a raya, of course, that his wife is miyuches, as Rashi points out. He doesn't have to bring a raya on his wife's yichus, because halach l'maysa, because they got married before she, before they left, the pashtas her yichus was, was established. The woman I married overseas, right, this is her. So, so just now, another case. In this case over here, he's marrying another woman overseas. Marrying another woman overseas. He comes back with wife number two, right? And ultimately, again, he says, this is the wife I married overseas, and these are her kids. So, ultimately, again, he has to bring a raya for the wife, right? In other words, that the wife is, when we say bring a raya, we're talking about over here is bring a raya that the wife is genealogically fit, right? And ultimately, but we don't have to bring a raya about the kids. Now, why don't we have to bring a raya about the kids? Ultimately, again, because remember, since the mother is alive, right, as long as you bring a raya about the mother, the kids are going to be following after the mother. And therefore, halacha lamaisa, as long as you have a genealogical shtemple on the mother, the kids are good as well. Mesa, the elubana, again, I will say, so the last case is what happens if he claims I married this woman overseas, right? She passed away overseas, and these are her kids. So, in that case, you have to bring a raya both about the woman as well as about the kids. Good. So the Gemara says, "V'amra barafuna v'kulon b'kruchem acharaz." I just mentioned before. In all of these cases, when we say that as long as we know the mother, either because Ruve married her before he went overseas, or he married her overseas, but he brings a raya ultimately again that halacha l'maisa she is genealogically fit. Once we ascertain the genealogical fitness of the mother, the kids are good to go. Right? What's the case? The case is where the kids are young enough that they're following after her. So because of that, halacha l'maisa, halacha l'maisa, that's enough of a shtemple. 